This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. What's up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm excited for the conversation today because literally I'm chatting with one of my favorite people that I've, I've only met recently, actually. But guy is always good for a laugh, but he's one of the smartest people I know. We have Thomas Helfrick with us today, also known as the AI nerd. He's a business innovator and CEO of Instantly Relevant, which is using a combination of emerging AI technology and expert human insight to help companies, founders to get more traffic, grow their brand and increase their revenues. Thomas, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I appreciate those. I've never been called the smartest person somebody knows. You know, as you do know, my top three skills in meetings are averaging down the average of the IQ. It is also uh, inserting humor when I shouldn't, uh, but also just talking too much. And and, and I'm really good at that. I'm fantastic at doing all three of those things. The thing you didn't do here that you typically do in meetings is you you start a meeting with saying, is this a shirts on meeting or a shirts off meeting, which you did not do here. I thought it was a pants. Never mind. Pants on or pants off? Okay, anyway. Anyway, it was one of those things where I was like, I never... talked it off camera. Oh, thank God I wore pants. (laughs) All right. Well, so I guess for you then, you're in a very unique area in what you're helping people with. Like, how did you get into this whole world and how did you kind of, you know, know, move into this area? I mean, thank you for that, by the way. By the way, truly, thank you for having me on. It's fun. Uh, Your podcast is great and it's... Never boring. There are some that are horrible. Yours is fantastic. So it's, it's like, you know, Dana. I'm so glad. I'm going to make sure I tell my mom later. Guess what, mom? I'm not horrible. How great is that? <laughs> I mean, she's probably not going to kick you out of her basement anytime soon either, which is nice. You get a little more. So uh, how do I get into I, I am uh, in a basement right now, but I own the house. So we're okay. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. That's fine. That, <laughs> Oh, that was my fourth top skill, derailing. For, for those people listening to the audio, I was like so close, if you saw the video, to losing all the coffee that just went in my mouth. You know, to those listening to the podcast, that gives you reasons to subscribe to his YouTube channel, Twitter That's account. Um, call to action is very important. I think you had asked me a question of uh, why, did, how? Yeah, how, did, how so, did you get into this whole area? Yeah, and like, it's so, a very unique viewpoint on it. Yeah, well, I, I okay. And I think the reason is because I don't come from the marketing background, so to speak, though I understand the kind of the principles. So high level, you know, th- I was thank God for that, by the way, because marketers yeah. ruin everything. I had a conversation <laughs> on Facebook yesterday, and then and then I'll let you actually answer the question. And this is one of my best trending posts in like years. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called The 22 Immutable Laws of Branding. And the author, it's a really good book. The, it's written in 2002, but it's, it's, it's still really good. The author has a statement where he says, you know, brands are built with PR, not marketing. And every marketer in the world is like, no, everything's marketing. And I'm like, so this post has been going wild. So I can appreciate that you don't come at it from a marketing viewpoint. <laughs> I don't. And, and, and I think actually I have a, I have a I'll add to that piece. Uh, yeah. And, and I don't come from because I come from the dot-com kind of era, though I was, you know, I, I remember myself being a way better developer than I was. But I've always that, That's like me talking about my baseball career. In my in my mind, I was incredible. In actuality, I wasn't. Right. No no one agreed with you. Um, 
you know, that's a plight of anybody getting to their late 30s, early 40s, or mid 40s. You'd remember things way better than they were. But I do know I've always talked very well about technology and, and have been able to hold the conversation at the executive business level and, and even at a very young age to say, here's the value. This is what it does. And then flip the script uh, to talk technically to say, this is this is how it applies. This is why I think it's technically possible, et cetera. That kind of ability, if you will, is how I went down more of a consulting advisory path. But specifically, maybe in the last 10 years, I've really focused on th- this idea of an intelligent automation, which is really based in things called robotic process automation initially. But at the end of the day, the concept is automate a process as much as you can. And my point of view is to accelerate a human, not replace them. So it's a slightly mm. different point of view from maybe what the SaaS providers of those technologies want you to think. But the reality is if after implementing this stuff and, and leading organizations and seeing what the technologies can do, you have to have a human in the loop. And that seems to be the case for a really effective AI use as well. So during that journey, you know, you, you go through the thing from being like, you know, a manager and then you're director and you're going through the career path and you're just out there working nonstop. You, you need to start publishing things if you want to kind of become uh, a thought leader in the space. Sure. And so I started publishing around this space in, and I realized throughout this whole journey that, man, it is such a pain in the ass to create content. The marketing teams took forever. By the time the thing got published, even if it was a post to an article or whatever, the tonality of what how I'd written it, my style, my humor was gone. They'd overbaked it with too much facts and SEO and everything else. And it took months or weeks or whatever. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. So fast forward, right? You go through this whole thing. And I was like, that's always in my head. Like, what a pain in the ass. What a pain in the ass. What a pain in the ass. Too much time, too much money, too many people. And it, and it occurred to me. So and here's the final stroke to this, how I launched this company. You go from being a CTO of a nearly a billion dollar services company to that ending, honestly, but likely because I was spending so much time spinning up marketing, <laughs> I wasn't doing enough innovating for it, to joining a startup, because like that's where you're going to make all your money and all this stuff, then to COVID. And then you go from like, you know, whatever number of income to four and a half times less to zero in about a year. Mm. I'm home repair guy. And home repair guy is cleaning, you know, is putting up trim one day in the laundry room. And then shoots an 18, 18 gauge nail through the middle of his index finger. Oh shit! And when you're pinned to the wall, yeah, I mean, you, when you're pinned to the wall, like like Jesus Christ. And I knew that's a weird reference to make, but the no, but is, that was the exact picture I had in my head was Je- before you said it was Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just crucified okay. myself. <laughs> I don't mean that, but the truth is, I was like, that was my first thought. I was like, I'm crucified because it was in the. So it's not when you pull your finger off and you look and you're like. That nail is literally through the middle of my finger. An 18-gauge nail is not the big, thick one, it's, it's, but it's got enough size to hurt. Yeah, yeah. when you pull the nail out and there's no blood, mm. you think I'm soulless. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also thinking... Well, 18-gauge nails are only like finishing nails, man, so they're not huge. They, they are. I, I use those in my nail gun. Right, exactly. So, but if it's a two-and-a-half-inch one, and you're looking at the head on one side of it, and the other <laughs> more than half is through the... Anyway, and so and all you do is make the sound of... Uh, and your kids hear it like, daddy, are you okay? You know, I'm thinking that sound is what gets a daddy. Are you okay? I've electrocuted myself. I've burnt myself. So you pull it out. You don't, you don't bleed. And in this epiphany moment, you're like, I'm soulless. Why is there a nail in my finger? I know about AI systems. I'm an expert in intelligent automation. Why is there a nail in my finger? And then it dawned on me of like, what have I learned? So you kind of go away. And then I did this experiment on my, my website, AINerd.com. I had all this great content that took months and weeks and years to, and no one read. I mean, no one. Yeah. And I wiped it. I just put AI written content on there because I had this theory that AI could accelerate that process. There's too many people. Too, and the blog monetized in like 42 days. Now. Oh, my gosh. 
I would never want to put this on my personal brand long-term because the content was really not well-written. It was just perfect for getting people to go there, but it wasn't something I was like, well, but that's, that's great, but that's not what I want for brand, but it proved the hypothesis. And uh, two years ago in 2020 and September 1st, 2020, I, I formally launched the company uh, instantly relevant and and I've taken the principles into this intelligent automation journey and said, I can do this better with good technology, at the really good proven technology with really good experts. And we can create a whole influx of higher volume content, higher quality, better social media management and engagement. Because that's required, by the way. Great content without engagement does nothing. Yeah. Great engagement, but no content doesn't get you enough volume. And so there's a balance between the three with a bit of strategy. And I started applying this to my own profile. And we can talk about that. But that's where, you know, I... I've blown up from, you know, a few thousand to you know, almost 200,000 followers across social media or actually over if you count all the accounts. And we've done this in a very small period of time because I've just applied the same principles we now apply to clients. And who needs this most, honestly, are founders, startups, uh, entrepreneurs in growth mode because they have a different way of thinking than corporate mm -hmm. marketing, which is traditionally based there. I believe, the, by the way, going back to what you're saying with the original of the, the 22 elements, I believe the key to marketing is actually creating authentic relationships even if they're in short form, because if you're truly an authentic voice in person, even if it's a high volume transaction, people will trust that. And the more noise you get, you need, you need authenticity and, and you need customization and actually really caring to make it work. Well, I think the thing that's really interesting about it, Thomas is I hate to use this phrase because it was used in a different it's way several minutes ago, but, but you hit the nail on the head. Um, mm. <laughs> but I if think, anybody I think that's the nail on the head at that moment, I would have, that would have been was, a different sound. It was you. But like looking at it, I think the thing that's really interesting there is like when you're looking at something that's effective from that standpoint, as you're talking about, it's building relationships, it's building impact, it's actually changing the scene, right? Whereas a lot of marketers are like, all right, I get in front of 100,000 people, you know, X amount convert, this amount convert. And it's like, okay, but it doesn't matter how many people you get in front of if what you're putting in front of them is horseshit, right? You know, I think, I think that's what's really, really Unless important. you buy horseshit. Unless you buy horseshit. But, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think people yeah. forget not enough about the quality of what they're doing and the context of what they're doing. They just purely look at the numbers. And I think that standpoint alone is not going to move the ball forward. Absolutely. And, and when we work with uh, marketing companies, so we will fill the gaps in for some of the hand on plow tasks, like managing social media, driving engagement, sure. creating high volume content in their brand. Not to seem like a shameless plug, but when we do that and we have marketers that are always like, what are the ROI? What's the, what's the metrics, metrics, metrics. Our philosophy is don't overmeasure. It takes too much money and time and people Focus on the thing that matters are, are you getting more sales leads? Are you getting a better brand elevation? Are people in connecting with you at a more personal level? And there's a balance between those two, two elements of measuring everything to the point where you've wasted money measuring it and not focusing on the content itself that actually resonates. And what I find is it's hard to do both. Mm. Uh, so you, there's not enough hours and money or, or what you find is a marketing department that's raised, you know, it's up to 2 million, 3 million a year in salaries and they're just not producing enough. And so they're getting flat and then the fingers start pointing and the organization does an overhaul on sales and they do an overhaul then on a marketing team and they're still back to where they were because they've repeated the model that maybe there's a more effective way to approach it. So, so, yeah. so what, what does good content look like from that standpoint? Like, like, I guess what things should we be looking at? Because, because I'll tell you what, like, I'll give you an example of Instagram, like, right? Like one of the things I do when I'm on Instagram and, you know, somebody follows me or somebody tells me about somebody else, I go check them out and I look at some of their posts and I see like what level of engagement they have. And I'm like, okay, you got 100,000 followers, but you had three likes in your last video. Ho ho, we, we got a problem here. So I think, you know, part of it comes down to like, is your content good enough? Does the audience you have even care about your, your, your content because they could have followed you and forgotten about you? So I guess what is good content that's relevant look like? 
Yeah, a great question. And, and your problem there sounds more like a uh, challenge of the wrong followers or bots following. So that there's yeah. there's indications with that. Having the wrong followers is, is a different issue. It's not a bad thing. It's just a different issue. Uh, good content is, and the key to the word is there's no formula for it from a creation standpoint, but there are ingredients that need to be always present, which is, you know, authenticity. It is in customer voice, it's what the people are hearing or thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is there's a develop a degree of consistency in how you present it. And so mm-hmm. if you have the other three kind of core components, whether it be written, audio, video, you know, imagery, whatever it is, if you have authenticity, it's in the customer's voice in a terms that they want to hear it, not yours. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have the consistency being like, you're always out there giving, you're doing it, then you have good content. And, you know, the, there's a balance between, I call it the, uh, you know, we all over people, right? You know, we do this, we do that, whatever. No one, there's a very small amount of people who like to get weed on in the world. But I think most people are not. Into well, they, they could just go to a water park too, because, you know, it's, it's right. kind, of, kind of very similar. You know, every kid's right. peed in the pool there. <laughs> Even some adults. We're not going to talk yeah, about it though. Exactly. That's why the ocean looks so good in Panama City. Beach. You know, you know, the scary part is, man, you and I have a very similar sense of humor, which, which sometimes can be bad for a, the flow of a conversation. Very bad. <laughs> Very, very, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to it because I'm, I'm well coached and polished. I will thank my wife for that. She has pulled off the edges back to that to an acceptable level. But like that, I've also forgotten what we're talking about. So No, you're talking about the, the, the we strategy and that's how we got into to oh, being yeah. so, in, in a so pool. It's a balance between telling people what you do and then, then also, you know, grabbing interest to get people to trust you and versus just, you know, vanity for insanity purposes like you know, posting a video of a, a kitten and some or emotional piece that has nothing to do with your personal brand or mission or just for the purposes of followers and likes, that that's insane. Like, stop doing that. Like, mm-hmm. if you want followers and likes, you can get them all day long. If if you want actually to connect with the right people at the right level emotionally as best you can digitally, mm-hmm. you have to become, you have to get away from that mentality completely and, and really focus on building the content with those kind of three core elements, but then having the right idea of who's going to present it and how consistently you put it in front of it. But you cannot, you cannot consistently just tell people what you do, what you do, what you do. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. It'll work for some, but it just doesn't work as well. It could, if you do it a different way. So I guess for you, then what metrics do you monitor? Because you mentioned like, you know, marketers can overcomplicate it and they have this one, they have their conversion rate optimization. They have like every, every stat you could possibly want. Like what metrics are you monitoring then? Yeah, we get asked this question all the time and we take the approach of this. So when you hire us, at least you get like a full 13 rolls of marketing for a fractional price. So the first is you're getting a 13x on your money, no matter how you would do it, it because we're going to give you everything from a videographer to an animator to text. So you're immediately getting a return of you have the availability of 13 to create anything you need. And you would, would have to hire at least, let's say, seven of those because most people can do one and a half. But the truth is to do it well, you need people who are experts in each. So you get that right away. So that's one of the pieces of, are you using the services correctly to get the maximized value out of it? So that's one of the metrics we look like is how are you leveraging what we're doing? A bit self-serving, but the truth of the matter is if you're not, then we, we don't put you on that kind of plan. <laughs> Second is the the piece of, have you seen an uptick in relevant followings, relevant content? Uh, mm. I'm sorry viewership or engagement. Okay. So that's interesting because like, I know like, so just full disclosure, I've been working with you guys for a little bit. And I just, one of the things I'll say is like, that's something I've noticed in the last two weeks. Like I'm getting follows coming inbound now of people that I'm like, oh yeah, that is somebody I want following me, which is different than the experience I've had before just posting content. Absolutely. And that's a big indicator for us is the inbound effect. So we don't do advertisements. We've tried them. Uh, What I find it's a waste of money and time because 
in we're we're a you know we're not like you know a ten dollar a month service right we're a very customized personalized service but what I find is what's more effective is consistently putting things out there and making sure you're connecting with the right people in the right moments so they inbound affect you and then continue the relationship in that way once they're interested and they they're working with you it's not to push it's to say when you're ready tell me what you need and I'm going to put it together for you because otherwise it, it doesn't really work. So that's when the indications of our inbound and the inbound effect of how people are interacting with you. And, you know, you heard a story while we were interviewing to come, you know, to talk about what we wanted to go talk about with Commander Brand. And you were like, that's so interesting. I need help. And that's the truth. It's like we just tell the story. <laughs> so that's a big piece is the inbound effect. Now, mm-hmm. it, B2B versus B2C versus direct to cut, there's different pieces with that. But we'll see that. We, we do see in- increases in follows and views and, and engagements and interactions. But a big piece of this, right, remember, is what you do with the time we're saving. So if we're saving you from creating all the content or managing social media or interacting, if you're doing nothing, you'll probably not grow as fast as taking that and saying, now go on podcasts, right? That's an incredibly big strategy people miss. Go talk about it. Go work on your executive eminence and we can help you with this. How do you raise your personal profile to get in more conversations that only you could get into because you are the thought leader? Doing that has a multiplier effect on consistent content that's also in the message of the customer. Those things combined is one thing we will look is, are you putting the time back in where you need to strategically to get a multiplier? And getting the multiplier is what's important. So it's a measurable piece, but it's one that's it's somewhat intangible from the idea that you don't look at Google Analytics and stuff. That We don't play in that space personally. So we will create the content for the advertisements. We'll give you content and help drive people to landing pages, but we don't do those pieces because... Those are expertise of metrics that are really tied to analytics and some other types of data. We're mm-hmm. on the idea of how do I build trust? How do we build interest? And how do you get this so the people that are most important organization are raising their profile so you get a brand uplift? And at the same time, you have the consistency to support it and back it. So I guess from that standpoint, then, like, what platform do you care most about right now? Like, what what one matters to you most right now? now? Like, I know for me, like, yeah, I'm on TikTok, but I'm kind of terrified of the Chinese government, so I barely use it. But, like, what platform, you know, should we be on and should be most relevant right now? Yeah, for us, it's uh, LinkedIn, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing some good traction on a new one called Alignable. Um, so not, I don't work for Oh, interesting. Any- so that yeah. I always get, like, these emails from, like, hey, welcome to Alignable, and I've never actually, like, interacted with it. Yeah, you might have got one for me. Sorry, because I did the math. Because <laughs> the truth is, it's a newer thing, and I've been to a couple of events. And and what I, the idea is that they're really trying to connect you with the people who are looking for your stuff. And it's like mm. a it's like a version of like maybe LinkedIn that's really focused on I need these things. I want to learn about these things. Sure. And moving away from the social nature of it, and more the business networking piece to get aligned. So I like that. Uh, but everyone's different, right? So we we're across. Uh, TikTok and we're across Twitter, but we, we don't do great results in the other pieces because some of the platforms, people don't care about some of the stuff that we talk about on those platforms, but we still put it out there for the purposes of SEO and other things, but it depends on your brand really. So part of our strategy and onboarding is, you know, if we're going to be doing social media posts or management is where are your customers at? And if you don't know the answer to that, we help you work through that. If you don't mm-hmm. know who your customer is, we help you work through that. Because you shouldn't be writing any content of any kind or creating anything until you understand that your customer lives on the south side of the street on every city in the East Coast and they love the barbecue on the weekends and they have mustaches. Like you want it so specific. The reason is because the is, more is that actually are, somebody's audiences? They they barbecue on the weekend and they have mustaches? 
maybe. Maybe. I, dude, I maybe can't even a, grow a mustache. Maybe it's a mustache guard in the heat. I know, okay, the point good, good point. is get specific. And the reason is because people who typically are too broad because they're afraid of missing opportunities. But the, the idea is that you, you go as specific as you can and then start writing to that audience because there'll be others like them. And then now you're in a zone of, of where it is and where do those people look for? Are they business? Are they really more feel good? Are they, do they need support in a Facebook group? And we'll help you build that right audience. But you pick that as a primary and then you do secondary distribution across the other ones that might be less important. Money's not, you know, endless. So you've got to have to focus where you can put your investments, even if you're a big company, but specifically when you're a founder, an entrepreneur, startup, you need to make sure you're focused to where it's most likely to get traction. And that's where we help you focus and then give you the external outbound for the purposes when people check you out that they see you're kind of everywhere. Very cool. Well, Thomas, this has been a great conversation, man. For, for people listening, how do they connect with you? How do they find more, man? Well, of course, you go to instantlyrelevant.com. Uh, oh, that's a good URL. You should buy that one. I should. I should totally get it. <laughs> Um, try to spell it correctly, but we have most of the misspellings. But you know, if I give people all the time, you just you can go to calendly.com slash instantly relevant. You will meet with me if you book one there. But but either one of those will get you there. And always, you know, connect me on LinkedIn. If you can't find me, just do a Google search for Thomas AI Nerd Helfrich. Very cool. Well, Thomas AI Nerd Helfrich, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. You rock, man. Thank you, Jeremy.